You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Bonjour and welcome to After the Show, episode 15. Bonjour. Bonjour. We're uh, acting French today because <laughs> <laughs> we're reviewing an American movie. Not, I don't think we're actually technically acting French. We just no. know one word. Okay, so uh, let's get... And I'm quite disappointed, actually. You lived right next to the French people. That doesn't mean I can speak (laughs) French. Okay, so let's get on with the introduction. It's uh, after the show, episode 15, for Sunday, April the 27th. Two days to GTA. Uh, And it's... The movie this week has a French title, but I'm just going to read the American... Oh, come on! No. The Diving Bell and the Butterfly is the... uh, English title. It's a 2007 movie. Just turn on the subtitles if you want to see that in French. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the closed captions. It's um, a DVD. It's only available on DVD from Miramax Buena Vista. It's out on this Tuesday, April the 29th. And here is Sid Talk with the synopsis of this movie. Hmm. This movie is about a man who, in his early... He's like 42 years old. He was the editor of French L. True story. True story. Based on a true story. And um, he was stricken with, like, a severe stroke that left him completely paralyzed, except for his left eye. And this is the story of how he, because he was already a writer and editor and kind of like a flamboyant guy, you know, obviously that kind of story person gets defeated and whatever, but I think he rose to the occasion and ended up writing a book about it, and it's quite uplifting. And that's it. It's about it's the story of the book. Yep. So, moving on to the movie. Now we pretty much know what it's about. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. It's, it really is good. It's a very unique movie. You've never seen anything like it. Totally unique. I think. Um, it's. I mean, it's unique in concept and look. It's not unique in the style because it's very European, which I love because the director, the writer, all those people are American. But then you got, like, the cinematographer and, you know, this cast and everybody else is French. But it kind of told me, as I'm watching it, I love European movies, right? I love the feeling of it. I've always just kind of been convinced that it's just because it's European. But it's not really. It's just a sensibility about life. And that's what it's really well, let's in- just, intimate and stuff. Let's um, make it clear here. It's, while the dialogue is a, fr- it's a French movie... Well, it's not a French movie. All right, let, let's say it's in this. French. It's in French, but it's an American production. Correct. But you wouldn't know it was an American production. You would think you was watching a French movie. Oh, completely. It's subtitled on the DVD, but you can watch it in an English dub, which we didn't. No, no. I, I'm opposed to that. Um, but if you are frightened of subtitled movies, you can watch an English. If movie. you have time, go learn French and then watch it. Yeah, be without better. the subtitles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a very unique movie. Is filmed. Let's let me uh, just clarify this. First person shooter. <laughs> yeah, no, kind of. Yeah. So the movie opens after Jean. What's he called? Jean Dominique Bobby. Bobby. Yeah. After he, after his I, after he wakes up from his well, stroke. From his stroke. Um, and the first, I would say, twenty five minutes, thirty minutes of the movie, is from his first person perspective from just one eye. Yeah. 
So you get the feeling that you're inside this guy. Well, you are this guy yeah. for the first. They they make it very, and it's not like they explain the extras. There's no trickery here. It is all just innovative camera. So it stuff. makes you feel it because it's a little crooked. You and feel it's a claustrophobic for sure. You feel. I kept thinking in my mind. I'm just grateful for what I am. Aww. I mean, it that's really... That's lovely. That is what it brings to you. Like, okay, let me put myself in this. I can only wink one eye and see from one eye. And I don't actually see fully from that one eye. It's right. blurry. I kept recoiling when people were coming up close. It's strange. And you feel strange. You felt... But, I mean, he had a dialogue of his own, which was what was going on in his mind, because he yeah. was fully functional That's mentally. That's the other thing we should explain. He, yeah. He has an inner He dialogue. can reply, yeah, inside his mind, he is thinking things and saying things. Just like so a normal person. respond to what's going on, but he can't say anything except eventually the speech therapist works out with him a system of blinking for certain letters, and then they can spell and out words. And the system's for a very patient. You have to be very patient yes. to work the system, really. I actually thought we were watching it. And I, I was thinking to myself, you know, I love you very much, but I thought if I was in that situation, I don't think you would be the person. You mean if I? I don't had, think you would be I my translator. No, if I had the stroke, I don't think you would have the pain. I'd be going, just come on, you just open your mouth. <laughs> I really, I think you'd be like, you know, I think your mom would be really good at this. So yeah. I just think, well, it takes a lot of patience. It is one of the amazing things of the real life story that somebody was patient enough to sit with him while he wrote a novel. Right, because it would be like, she'd say this alphabet, they made a, I don't know what this is called, it's, just, it's a real thing. It's obviously. the alphabet, but the most used letters right. at the beginning. In right. order of most used letters. So she, the person sits there and says, and I'll just use the regular alphabet, you know, and they'd say A, B, C, D, and then he would blink once when you get to the letter he wants, and then you go through every word like that. And So this lady who came to sit with him, he wrote an entire novel, which is a, this a is real book. novel, right? Um, that was wrote all using blinking his eye, basically. So that's the amazing thing. That yeah, oh, the whole story is amazing, but for it me, is. But you know what? At some point, even though the whole movie is from that perspective, except in flashbacks where we see him being like a, it's a bit know, of an ass actually. In a real exactly, person. and even in this position, even even though he's having his life revelations and stuff, and realizing about. All that's bullshit. Everything, all the cars and the women and blah, blah, blah. And he he comes out with these, you know, sort of poetic prose about life and everything. And yet, in the scene where his woman, who's his, she's not his wife, but the mother of his three children, who he cheated on right before this happened. And the chick calls up on the phone, who he, you know, and the wife is the only one who can translate. And still then, even then... He has to say that he wants this girl to come yeah. visit him right in front of the yeah. wife. And it just shows you, like, at, at the core of who you are, no matter what tragedy befalls you. If he was kind of a dick before, it's just I'm not saying he didn't transcend that somewhat, but it's still in him. He still was the same in, person. In fact, the, in fact, the inner voice inside him while he's in hospital yeah. comes across okay. with a lot of dickish shit. Yeah, so they, you looking know, at boobs and stuff. Yeah, he's, he's the first thing he's doing is ogling the nurses and... You know, he says some in, he says some inappropriate things to people, but it doesn't say it; thinks it. <laughs> and those are all just those are all movie things. We know that because that's the actor guy in another room responding with his own words, and yet, because obviously that's not stuff this guy wrote down. But no, it's it, in fact that was it improvised just, stuff. Like. Shine, it just gives you like a little glimpse of like 
you know what, if you're in that position, you're not going to change who you no, are. That's In fact, that's what I thought when I was watching the yeah, first exactly. part. When I just said to you, I feel grateful for what I have. And when 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 you think, oh, like, my, I've got a cold or my knee hurts or something. And you're pissing off about it. Put that into perspective. Yes, you know, totally. And I think that's what the movie was... That was one of the messages of the yeah, movie. Yeah, and you can say this. It's about a man who is completely paralyzed except for one eye. And, you know, I mean, the true story is he, he doesn't live very long after that. That's just the I way it goes. I don't think we spoiling anything. No, no. I mean, that's just, it's a real the, story. Basically, the guy wrote, the guy got his book. Well, he winked his book to the lady. The lady got the book published and nine days later. Ten days later. On the, ten yeah, days later, he, he died. He died. And then that's just a true story. So it so. was almost like he was waiting to get it out and then that was it for him. Right. So. It, and when you think about that sounds all depressing and stuff, but I mean, it actually is about really appreciating your life. And I don't mean like all, you know. I mean. You know, are. I don't mean all, like, motivational, inspirational shit. I mean, just just realizing, you know, all the... A lot of the crap that gets thrown at you on a daily basis. It's not all that big a deal. None of it is. And really. the drama and the self-imposed bad decisions and stuff. Just live, you know, just... But this... I don't know how to put it in words, but that's how I felt. I think like, this movie brought across that message better than any other one I've seen. Just, just because... Because it, it puts you in the first-person view of him... For such a long time at the beginning. I felt... I had a long time to think about... Okay, okay this is really what is... This guy is like this. this yeah, is- and you know what I also thought? People that I've known, like for my grandfather, for example, who was real ill and near the end of his life, couldn't get out of bed and we had to do everything for him and stuff. And my grandmother as well. I looked at it from the outside in also, from the pers- the woman who was doing his translating, transcripting for him or whatever... And the woman who's the mother of his children, knowing that she loved him before and probably still loved him through the cheating and now is there for him all the time. And have being on the outside looking at this person that you love, where some people could just dismiss you and go on with their life because they're too busy and they, they don't want to deal with the sadness of it. And yet, think of it as the person who want you want to be there every day for that. You know, I flipped it around. I wasn't just thinking of myself being... Right, right incapacitated but being the person who you also learn to give up even if you're fully well and the person you love is sick you start kind of tossing other things aside and realize this is what's important and i kind of looked at it from that perspective and it showed uh, she brings his kids to see him and they have a special father's day which yeah i like the fact when he says that now i have this father's day and that was something that never was that wasn't something we ever did. Like, right, like yeah. now I have one. Like, it's kind of weird to him. Everything is like... Like, he's, he regrets a lot of things, doesn't he? How he, ne- he, could, he never loved anybody properly or he never treated anybody well, particularly. He never took advantage of opportunities, never really... Su- there was a lot of things. successful, in, but not... like. In fact, uh, the old guy who comes to see him, hmm. that was a business opportunity or something, right? No, no. That was just a friend or something, I think. But the, he, he uh, said something about, he like... He was his friend, I he think. He should have said something. He should have called him. The guy... Okay, one of the sub-stories in the movie that I'm assuming is a true story. Yeah, I would imagine. I don't know. We'll have to look that up, so I don't want to misspeak. But one of the things in his memories and a person who comes to see him is this guy who was on a plane. I'm assuming it was a friend of his or an acquaintance or someone that he knew because the guy came up to him and wanted his seat on the plane so he could catch another flight. So this guy... 
the Jean Beau, Jean Doe guy, let him have his seat. <laughs> the French guy who ends up with the one eye. Jean he lets Dominique. his friend oh, have his seat on the plane, and what happens is the plane gets hijacked, and that friend ends up being uh, held hostage That's for four I years mean. in Beirut. And when the guy gets back from Beirut, now, when you think about it, this guy has been through also, uh, and he, he explains, he says to him, you know, it's what you are going through I can only partly imagine, but I was held in a small room, captive, it was dark and damp, and it was cruel, and I just begged for death, and, you know, that kind of thing, I tried to had to just get through it. And what must be going through this guy's mind is, he says to himself, I should have called you when, he, when you did come back from Beirut, but I didn't, I was too busy, and he realizes, I dismissed you and kind of put you aside because... It was probably just too depressing for me or too much for oh, me to I handle. Was, I didn't know what too to full say. Of myself as well. Yes, too full of myself. I didn't know what to say or how to deal with it. So I just ignored you. And now I'm in this position, but here you are. You're coming to me now and like showing me that you care. So I think he did because, have a lot of. Because this guy was the. I mean, this the, the Jean Dominique guy was the editor of French L. And he was kind of rock star ish to me. He was the way they portrayed in the him, fashion world, um, kind Best of car. obnoxious, posh car. Uh, I, I'm, he's portrayed like quite a lot of other people characters. You see, greedy kind. What of. was the French word they used for him in the extras? They described him as something. I get, I'm thinking like a French playboy kind of. Yeah, image. like a yeah. like a playboy, yeah. like like running around with sexy women, and he's you know full of himself, kind of. Um, but he's. It was an interesting contrast, though, for sure. Like because he he had it all seemingly, and then and then he didn't, and then he he when he when he's kind of thinking to himself when he's in his state of just winking one eye, that's when it all when he realizes that he should have gone about things differently, maybe. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of messages to it, I guess. Uh, and I think I actually consciously thought this when I was watching this. If this hadn't been based on a real true story, it wouldn't have the same... You could, I would sit there and be watching it and be like, oh, well, that's, that's an interesting way to get people to think about mortality in life, but because it's not really real. I think anything that's but because a true it's, one. Yeah, and this one's really based on... Like, this isn't doesn't even seem to be exaggerated. In, no, in fact, I think it might be downplayed a bit because you can imagine a person in that health state, it would be a very laborious thing to take care of them, and we didn't get a lot of that. We got them bathing him and stuff like that, but I think they played down the actual... Well, yeah, they could have made it feel more tedious, I guess. Yes, exactly. But, you know, in in the space of a short amount of movie time, they had to kind of cram a lot in, didn't they? Um, I want to talk about the uh, cinematography. This guy who... did the cinematography was nomin- has been nominated for Oscars, but um, he had a Kaczynski. Yeah, he had a really. Um, I loved one of the things I loved about it was because he can only see through one eye, and that eye is not actually perfectly functional either. I liked how it was out of focus, then in focus, but in the same frame. If you know what I mean, like in some films you get like an out of focus shot, and then it gets tighter where it. But this this was like if you. If you can imagine somebody's face in in the screen on the screen, their the bottom 
left-hand corner is nice and sharp, whereas the top right is out of focus. And they used it by what putting eyeglasses up to the lens, he said, I think. Oh, did he? I didn't hear that. He said he put his own glasses up to the lens sometimes to diffuse things. So Right, so that the middle became clear with the edges. It's a really good distorted. effect, because I kept thinking... And it's a real thing, because I actually thought, when you start to cry... I don't know if you ever cry... But your bottom of your eye fills up with a little bit of water, and it does that exact thing Wait. that that you can't see over it or past it. But if you turn your eye up just a tiny bit, it does that exact thing. So I thought that and was it, pretty. And this whole effect, there is a, uh, quite a disturbing scene in the movie where he's mm. having problem with one of his eyes, and the doctor has to sew it shut so it doesn't go infected or whatever. And they used a well. The actual scene, you see from his point of view, looking out of his eye, it being sewn shut. Yeah, you can actually see the eyelid and eyelashes And it's really realistic looking. Yeah, it is. And I actually thought, Jesus, how did they do that? Did they make like the smallest camera and put it on a contact lens or something? I think but... we'll, uh, we'll say how it was done in the extras, because it okay. comes in there. But there's there's a lot of stuff where you're, where you're watching it thinking, wow, this is... It's this very is visceral, good that's of, for sure. They definitely brought over the feeling of... I know you can't bring over the feeling of being in that situation unless you are, but I, f- I felt, you know, it worked. And the cinematography, I, I really liked it. I liked it. If, it reminded me of some other films what I really liked the look of, and Amelie is one of them. Yeah. It just has a... It, I can't even can't say what it, it is. It's just something. It is like, it is art to me, because this movie isn't only from the perspective of the the one eye... You get the flashbacks. You also get, because a lot of what he does to keep himself sane or whatever is go into his imagination. So there are, like, surreal moments. You know, there are out, like, uh, old clips of old things. Things that would be running through his mind just at random. Flashbacks of things he's done. Yeah, and clips of weird movies and pictures and stuff. And it's done in a way that is just what you said. It's really hard to describe, but it's... But it's pretty, and it's... I don't know. It's it. It looks really interesting. Yes. Stuff like things that you don't imagine seeing together, and then when you do, you're like, "Wow, that's really cool." Not just cool. It's it is. Art. <laughs> yeah, cools are hard. Art, it is. I, guess. I think it is because we'll get to the director in a minute. Yeah, we will. <laughs> so overall, masterpiece kind of movie. I mean, holy! It was nominated for four Oscars apparently this year. But I don't think it. Did it win any? It got... Right there, I listed everything. It was there. Academy Award. Nominated for cinematography, directing, editing, and writing. Right. It but won the BAFTA for Best Screenplay. It won the Boston Society Film Critic Award for Cinematography, Director, Best Foreign Language. There's no doubt it should... Cannes, it won Best Yeah, it won, it won Cannes, didn't it? So. Golden Globe, Best Director, Foreign Language, Independent Spirit, won for Cinematography, and there's, and there's more. There's no doubt it deserves all those things. I mean, after... Watching one missed call last week and kind of <laughs> losing a bit of like, oh, why, why do we watch movies exactly. all the time? Oh my god, did you really think that? Because yeah. I think that sometimes. And then this week, after that one had finished, I was like, okay, that's why we watch. That's movies. why we like movies yeah. because they can bring you into a story or a place, even if it's pure fantasy. It's almost and like it's done in a certain way. We've said before. Some movies, it's intangible. You cannot describe exactly. And this why. is intangible. Um, I don't think it would be for everybody, again. No. It wouldn't be for the one missed call audience, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no but, offense. 
But no, I think <laughs> I think if you have any interest in cinematography, good stories, movies, see this one. I mean, don't let it. Don't let the fact that it's French put see, you off. See, that's one of those... There's a lot of things that could put an average person You can off. put it in English dubbing and just hear it in English. And if that's the only and way if, you're willing to watch it, but watch get it the anyway. essence of it. I don't know who did the voice acting for English, so that could take a lot of... Because a lot of it is about the people and the way they gave their performances and the A lot of voice. the whole vibe... I, to me... Uh, a lot of what I like is the French vibe. Oh, God, yeah. Because oh. I like French movies. So. Oh, yes. We. Oui. It makes the French women so sexy. <laughs> the French women. French women are sexy, I've got to admit. I have to admit. Oh, yes. Um, moving on to the cast, talking about sexy French women. Uh, well, anyway. He's not, a fr- he's not a sexy French No, we'll woman. start with Matthew. It's not Matthew. Matthew. Mat- Matthew. Yes, yes. Sir. Almeric. And what was he in? Um... Well, he he plays the main guy in this movie, the guy with one eye. He was in the <laughs> Jean Dominique, the one with the the Palestinian Olympic thing. Oh, he was in uh, Munich. Munich, <laughs> Palestine. The, the Palestinian Whatever. Olympic. Whatever. I could think of from Steven Spielberg. It was. <laughs> um, yeah, I just had a look at his nothing that he's I fantastic. He's in a lot of French movies. There's no way to really talk about what he does because you can't. It's just, he's good in this, really good in this movie. I mean, he has to be everything. He has to be the hot shot. He has to be the bad husband. He has to be this. The like, guy who can't say or incapacitated. Do yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't fault him. He was great. Um. And then we've got Emmanuel Signe. I, I I'm really terrible with French names. She's so. French. She's French. Yeah. Um. She was in. You're the movie you like? Yeah, she's actually Roman Polanski's wife. Right. And one of my favourite movies of all time. I don't actually know why it's one of my favourite <laughs> movies. But I've seen it a lot of times and I love it. It's uh, Bitter Moon by Roman Polanski. If you've not seen it, that's another recommendation from me. Um, it stars Hugh Grant, this lady. But not in the charming Hugh Grant way. No, it's, <laughs> a, it's quite a dark. And it's very European, movie. so. Yeah, it's... Um, I know that sounds really obnoxious to say very European, but there is a difference. It's also we all know there's a difference. Bitter Moon's all set in Paris, and it, it's it's really good. Yeah, she's a, in it anyway. It's a brilliant film, yeah. And, and anyway, she plays the sexy young what, woman. What, what would you call her? What's her job? Mm. Just let him watch it. Don't give anything away. Not in Bitter Moon in this uh, movie. Oh, she is the she's the wife. Not the wife. She's the mother of his children. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, I'm just trying to... She doesn't have a job in the movie. That's... <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> She's not like a speech I therapist I don't think or I something. Meant job. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah, she... And she does a wonderful job. She I does. I mean, really wonderful. There are... She has to get right up close and give really serious emotions of, like, not showing how horrified she is when she first sees him. And, and the camera's, a, like, um... in her face. Face. I mean, she's like. touching the glass almost, isn't she? Yeah. And he, and she's obviously he's not been the greatest husband in exactly. the world. So it's kind of a mixed feelings from her, but she's got his children. And in fact, one of the first things he says when he sees her, the nurse says, "Oh yeah." The it's nurse your says, wife. Uh, "Is the first person you're going to see, and it's your wife." Uh, you know, kind of how cool is that? And he says, "Not my wife. It's the mother of my children." Yeah, in his mind. In yeah. his mind. Yeah, so there's so. a bit of bitterness, like at the beginning, anyway. So it's a it's a very complicated situation. Yeah, and she's great and she was great in Bitter Moon as well. So. All the women were fantastic. Yeah. I don't know how to say all their names. There's Anne Consini and Maria Jose Croz. The Anne 
She is the director's wife, and she plays the physical therapist who teaches him how to tries to teach him no, to move his tongue in a very sexy way. The physical way. therapist and the speech therapist are both real hot chicks. They so are. it's kind of a bonus for this guy laying in his bed, but also a curse as well because you kind of get over that though pretty quick. Yeah. When she puts him in his place, when at one point he tells her he wants to die with the little system they have, and she gets pissed. Yeah, she does. Because <laughs> they're not, they're not obscene like, and ungrateful. They're not and, bimboy hot chicks. They're no, no, they're professionals. But you know. But um, yeah, all the women in it were good, and then that works out good, doesn't it? That screensaver. Yeah, I like that one. But with the bubbles floating. Yeah, we were just we've. Uh, <laughs> We had a bit of computer problems this week, so we ended up reformatting Sid Talk's computer. And the default screensaver on Vista <laughs> is uh, bubbles, bubbles moving around the screen. And I haven't got around to finessing everything, but it works perfect because well, they, you can see right through them. Yeah, they could. I like them. We don't print out our little outline. No, we don't. We um, use the screen. So let's move on to Max von Sido, who He's 90. Yeah, I was when, it, when, I saw it, when he came on the screen, he plays... Um, the father. The father of Jean Bart... Why, why am I saying Jean-Baptiste? <laughs> Who is Jean-Baptiste? <laughs> I do not know. Jean-Beau. Jean-Beau, they call him. Jean-Dominique. Yeah. Jean-Do-Bobby. Bobby. So, he plays the father, and when he came on the screen, I was like, holy Christ, it's the... Uh, <laughs> the power of Christ condemned them, or whatever. <laughs> the power of Christ <laughs> condemned you. He's talking about the exorcist. Compels yeah. you. Compels you, yes, that's it. Um... So as soon as I that's, that's my favorite quote. I love that guy. My my favorite is what. And you, what you said was he was old as dirt, like an exorcist, and he's still. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was like, well, I was thinking, hold but he's brilliant, and he doesn't look any different. Um, yeah, not, he, does. No, he looks thirty me. years old. Just an old geezer. He was genius. That scene with him and the son, and then Being on the shaved. phone. Yeah, I mean, I think because the director also put his own father son relationship in there and because I've dealt with some you know like my grandfather was like fatherly to me and when he died it was the same thing like this old man who's kind of trapped and nearing death and you're not wanting him to die and you know and, and I good. always get the um, feeling of even when you're old you're still 20 years old in your head I totally agree like I always get that vibe from old guys. Totally. You know when they when they actually speak to you properly. Yeah. And then people... I think about myself and think, well, I'm not going to be any different. I might have seen more things. I might be wiser. Yeah, totally. But and I you, still want the same thing. Life kind of wears you down. It really does, like superficially, right? But inside, inside you're that's still why excited when like about when somebody says, you know, you're going to play like say you're going to. A friend of mine recently did a little comedy routine his first time at a place where there's a lot of older people's like a veterans club or whatever and the idea was to like temper it down don't use a lot of bad language or whatever and i'm thinking why not old people know how to cuss and swear and they know about sex they do, and they, they probably say, do it worse than younger people they've done the exact same thing all of us have but at some point the culture kind of whittles you down to this old person and that's just not right i, I agree with you completely so, yeah, and it, a lot of movies have gave me that feeling about Schmidt being one of them and, you know, different movies where... Yeah, that time and your body are, like, uh, not, weigh you down, but your mind is still... Yeah, like, your mind and your body aren't linked kind of thing. That's the perfect That's way like to describe this movie. You're a genius. It really is. <laughs> but um <laughs> Okay, so, moving on to... Yeah, he was brilliant anyway, Max von Sydow. Yes. Movie, and if you want to see anything else, something else with him in The Exorcist. If you've never seen The Exorcist, what's wrong with you? <laughs> okay, Where have moving, you been? Moving on to the director. But if you're 12, don't watch no, it. No, don't watch it if you're 12. 
because it really I watched it when I was 12 and it wasn't, wasn't good <laughs> I can, in fact you'd never seen the uncensored version no. of The Exorcist until I showed it you true now that was strange to now me. I'd seen it on TV and stuff and I was a little I was a kid and uh, but it's just not the same movie the TV one true really it isn't the same movie um, so if you want to see The Exorcist watch it on DVD uh, director Julian Schnabel I think I got that one right there. I didn't I'm not butcher sure. his name. I think I'm Pete, thinking I'm going Pete Rose, not Pete Rose. What's Charlie. Charlie Rose. <laughs> <laughs> says Schnabel. He's Pete Rose. He's a baseball player. Rock star. <laughs> baseball player, okay. I think. Ex-baseball player. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so this, this director... Let me say. Is not primarily a director. No, he's an artist. Painter. And musical. He's done music uh, composition for, uh, as you can see here, I made a list of his movies. He directed Before Nightfalls. He's only Night made Falls. three movies. Yes, Before Nightfalls, which was brilliant as well. It was, yeah. It's got and a certain And that was the one with the guy from No Country for Old Men. Oh. Oh, we're, we're not linking up to last week, mm-hmm. though. Nothing links up to one last call. Probably we could find something. Well, what links is one that one was call. shit and this one's very good. <laughs> right? That's, there's your link. Well, there's my <laughs> computer going to sleep. Um... Basquit? Is that how you say it? Probably not. I don't know. He directed it in 96 and wrote the music. So I I immediately, when I was looking at this, and I didn't know anything about him. I mean, I love art, but I don't know him, and now I'll probably I like familiarize myself. But if he's a musician and an artist, that does explain some of how the movie ends up being so... We like it so much, I think, because we are kind of into that... I think he's more sensitive, maybe, than... <laughs> well, it sounds corny, but... Definitely, it's not a straight-up movie in terms of looks, and he's composed things certain ways. It's not slick. It's not shiny. No, it's more... Grit- no, not gritty. It's more arty. It's like, yeah. like looking at a canvas to me, like, a lot of the time. Smeary and... And it didn't matter perfect. that it was on DVD and not on Blu-ray or anything it else. Looked great it was on, perfect. It looked great on DVD, perfect. actually. In fact, it looked great. I just want him to do some more stuff. And the movie he described in the Charlie Rose interview sounded very interesting to me. The perfume. So I'll be, hopefully, hopefully he'll do it. That was about this same guy, right? Oh, is it? He was talking about this guy, the Jean-Dominique guy had invented a perfume. I, I, that's what I was... Oh, I totally heard him wrong then. See, I... And he I never, thought it was a story he was thinking about before. No, I think I think that it was this guy that he'd invented a perfume in his lifetime that had never, he'd never brought to fruition or something. I don't That's know. What, I don't know. I'd have to clarify. Would to look it up. <laughs> but anyway, uh, director Before Night Falls is definitely another one to see if you want to see it now. DVD extras, it says none, thank goodness, but that's not correct. Oh, that's not correct. That's from last week. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Okay, so <laughs> so on this DVD, it's pretty sparse on extras, but I think there was enough there to uh, make it, to, you know, fill in the blanks on some of these some of the stuff in the movie. You've uh, got Submerge, the making of The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, which was quite a, well, I, I got to know the director. Exactly. Which is a good thing. Um, and... It was quite good, actually. It was really good. It's it's one of those talking heads, bits from the movie, but quite a lot of detail in there. Not just not just this person was great to work with. Because the movie is so kind of down to earth and intimate and close up 
almost not documentary style really because it's artsy, but you get that vibe. Then you go on to this, and you're it's like an extension of the movie. I'll have to say, That's, yeah. And uh, then the second one is a cinematic vision, which kind of explains mm-hmm. how some of the one we were mentioning earlier about the sewing the eye up. They use like a latex eye that was well a latex eye socket. Yeah. That was stuck on the camera and then sewed it so you could see it. Being right, because the thing the was as the as you're looking through it, the you know if you kind of barely close your eyes sometimes and this bright sun is shining on you and you see that kind of pink weird. That's what it did. And, and, yeah, like the uh, translucent skin. Yeah, and you can see the eyelashes and everything. It was kind of. <gasps> it was. It's not something I like. And to watch. and the inner. In his mind, he's saying, no, no, don't, don't sweat my eyes. And you're just like, oh my god. <laughs> I felt that really bad. There's an audio commentary with the director, which... I would we... love to hear it. I would probably put it in one day and just listen to it. We oh, didn't yeah. listen to it, but I really like listening to him. There's And then there's the final extra, which is the Charlie Rose television show. Now, I was expecting the whole thing, but it didn't seem to be, did it? No. It was probably 20 minutes worth of it. Um, but it was interesting again, because that, that director's interesting to listen to. I he think. is. I find um, him quite attractive as well. It looks like Sorry. John Goodman. With yellow with glasses. With a beard. <laughs> I like the yellow glasses. I used to have those glasses. I was impressed that he had the balls to wear them. He's on. a big guy anyway. He's a big guy with a big it's beard. He's quite serious. He's serious, but on the other hand, I think he's got a certain... Bit cynical. The artsy, you know, life is more about emotion and feeling than it is about all the other stuff and so that's it for extras. Uh, it's a widescreen 185 one presentation, which is <laughs> which is good because it, it co- covers whole your whole screen. screen yeah. Um, so that's what you should look out for if you like that whole screen experience. Oh, yeah. It's widescreen, but it fills the screen. And on our big screen, oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to walk down there and get know that I'm going to be sitting down watching a big screen nine foot movie on my wall. And it's, you know, Dolby Digital Sound. It's good. Sound was interesting, actually. It was, because they had to pay close attention, because that's all he could do was hear. Sometimes you could hear his heartbeat coming through the subwoofer, and it was interesting yeah. how it was kind of enveloping a bit, you know? They paid attention to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, in short, this movie is a absolute must-see buy. For, for me, I would... In fact, it. I actually thought to myself, except for the one scene where you saw the naked titties... Uh, which was oh, no big deal. <laughs> Just one little moment. You can't say tit, but you can I would say like titties. some, like my nephew, who's 11, to see a movie like this. It is, I just think it's a really good kind of person story. I think he would like it. And he, I don't think he'd mind reading the subtitles. There's not a lot of, so I think it's fantastic. I think it might, a 10, how old is he? He's 11. No, I think he'd handle uh, it. I think it might I think be my a mom, my mom and him both, they should just sit down and watch it together. Your mom would fall asleep, you know it. <laughs> as soon as the eye, as soon as you see through one eye, she'd be like, oh, you have to read stuff. She'd be crying within like two minutes. Yeah. I cried, so I'll finish with that. I cried. Oh, and that was nice, um, nice, I was going to say it has nice big subtitles, but that's not, no. <laughs> that's our screen. I'm thinking the subtitles are really nice on this movie, because you could see them really well. <laughs> <laughs> because they're about this big. That's nothing this to do. This big? Do you think they can see that? They're well, about they five about, inches high. <laughs> they're about this. <laughs> but that's not a feature of the DVD. That's a feature of how big your screen is, I guess. Um, and they're in yellow. And that's good. It is good, because they don't get It's hidden. fantastic. It's, it, I, I agree with you completely. It redeems, it redeems my faith in that there are movie makers out there who want to tell human stories that are... After seeing a lot of hollywood movies that are just so-so, it's good to see something like this every so often. Um, so let's move on. So we're both saying... Grand. 
by Grand. <laughs> it costs a grand. It's grand. On DVD. It is grand. It's a fantastic story and movie. And I would I would like to read the book, so. Yeah, and thanks to Miramax for uh, providing it, because that was great. They sent us the book? No. Oh. Okay, Jeez, so bastards. moving on to other matters this week. Uh, I like to see that on our show notes, the very first thing you put is Sid Talks Podcast. <laughs> well, did, yeah. you, did you make a new podcast this week? No. Okay. So we'll uh, strike that one off the no, list. No, they're still out there. I think about I think about it too much before I do it, and I don't end up doing okay, it. Okay, so, so Sid Talk has published three podcasts. They're available on SidTalk.com. Anything else? You have a very dismissive attitude. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine. That's fine. You're only dismissive because you think I should be as regimented as you, and like... And I should. But you know what would happen? Every time I think, oh, I'm going to go in the kitchen while you're in here, and if I would start, here you'd come. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, oh, sorry. Then I'd have to start again. Then I would say to you, I'm going to be doing be this. Good. Maybe you could include me as a But feature. if I were to say to you, I'm going to do this, I'm going to be busy for like an hour, you'd give me that face like, oh, well, okay, I'll just go in here. And you'd have to be quiet because you couldn't turn up any noise or anything, and that would just break your little heart. So that's one of the reasons I don't, don't do it. Don't use me as an excuse <laughs> for you not making a podcast every week. Damn. Okay. Moving on to our new contest, we're going to be giving away two copies of The Savages, another Oscar-nominated movie, apparently, um, on DVD, to two lucky viewer-slash-readers. <laughs> slash if you're watching this podcast, you've got magical powers. Yes. Um, <laughs> Where's the camera? Because so I am in my pajamas. What's the question? The question is, name, send us the name of the movie in which Philip Seymour Hoffman sniffs... Who, who is the star of Savages. Who is the star of Savages, the and Savages. the star of many other movies, and he is... Um, one of Mr. A. Scully's favorite people in the world. He's a genius. Brilliant. <laughs> okay. Send us the name of the movie in which he sniffs gasoline. Tom goes And it's not, the answer is not Philip Seymour Hoffman sniffs gasoline. <laughs> the movie. Right. It's not that. No. Okay, so. Send- and uh, send an email in the subject line. Put Savages Contest Podcast in any order. And to acegully at acegully.com. Moving on to video games we've been playing this week. You have let the side down and not played any. I haven't played any. Do you want me I've to- been playing Tetris, but I can't say that every week. Do you want me to get you a new DS game? <laughs> yes. Ooh, okay. For this week I will organize a new DS game. Fabulous. And you will talk about it next week. Is that an order? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I have been playing... Call of Duty 4. Mm, whatever. With my friend... Oh. I had a red ring of death. And you got your thing back. And then yes. my friend had a red ring of death last night who I was playing with. So Duh. this kind of goes back and forth. We throw it back and forth to each other. Anyway, we played Call of Duty 4. There's some new maps available. They're good. And you're waiting for some little game... Oh, um, I'm only... W- that I've been privy now for the last day. I guess today is when all the reviews hit and I've heard all... The- Grand Talking Theft heads, yeah. Grand Theft Auto 4. Anyway, you've seen a bit of Grand Theft Auto 4 this week from these reviews that we've been watching. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you feel about it? I'm pretty neutral. I'm going to be neutral until you sit down. No, I mean, and turn it on. You and know play enough. It. You know enough. It doesn't matter. I don't. I'm not. I'm not like no, you. I'm asking I don't a question. form my opinion Father. until I see it in action. I'm asking you a question that you have to answer <laughs> oh my god you need some food in you you're from, awful bossy from what you have seen yeah 
What do you feel? Do you like Grand Theft Auto? I like watching you play it. Do you? Do you, are you objectionable towards it? No, because it. It's an no, I mean I, there are kind controversial things. There always have been. I, I guess I don't know. I mean, I only see it through your eyes and watching you play and listening to the news stories and whatever. I'm not. A, I, I always get a little bit cringy, you know, like in the clips and stuff we've seen today, where you can just like kill anybody in the mean, online thing where you can go on and like shoot each other and you're me, just dudes on the street. I find that a little bit uncomfortable. Now, I don't care what you say and I don't care what anybody else says. No, It I, is you experiencing that, killing another human on another street, just in normal. Not, we're not talking about space travel. We're not talking about the past. We're not talking about war. We're talking about two grungy guys standing in the street shooting each other down. Now that is uncomfortable. And I don't care that you're playing a video game and that you know the difference. It still is one of those things that gives me a little twinge of like, uh, I gotta say that tacky. It's not. There's absolutely no way any child that I know would get this game from me. Oh, good. There's no way. I mean, talking of that, we have a 11 year old nephew who comes here on a Tuesday night and he likes to play games. I I, I kind of supply him with games or I play games with him. And I played uh, Rockstar's other game, Bully, all the way through the other week. And normally I wouldn't give it to uh, a Rockstar game to a nephew of 11 years old. But I found that one didn't have anything in it objectionable, yeah. unlike this one. I mean, it, And it he's playing up. through it, and he's not, he's not... I mean, I'm listening as he plays and stuff, and it, I think I mean, Bully does have some objectionable stuff, but I was referring to it with you... It's kind of like the adult jokes in Toy Story that mm. don't really work on the kids. Kind of goes over their head. They know there's something, something to it. But, but they don't ask. Yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not... And I'm not a big... I mean, I, I can't be a hypocrite. My mom didn't have any control over me watching... I was a movie freak, a kid. And not movies like watching on DVD, obviously. There were none. And I didn't... I lived an hour away from a theater, but I would watch anything. I mean, I would stay up till one in the morning when I was just a kid... Turn the movie, the TV down really low and go in the basement room and, and watch, so like, um, Helter Skelter and stuff. It was on late night TV, so it was edited, but yet I was like, I would watch that kind of stuff. We went and saw Halloween, the original. I saw Friday the 13th, the original. I watched HBO loads when I'd go visit my sister and see all kinds of stuff, you know, and Cinemax and stuff. And so I can't be a hypocrite and totally block everything from him or from, you know, other kids. But there are certain things you just feel like that doesn't need to go in their head yet. And if it is going to go in their head, I don't need to be the one supplying it. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't let... Put it this way, I wouldn't even play Grand Theft Auto 4 while Austin was in the house. Oh, good. Because, you know, you can... Because he loves to watch you play games and he would and be he, and he, he does creep up behind me and <laughs> yeah. sometimes I'll be playing something, I'll turn around and he's sat on a stool behind me. I didn't even know he was there. And he'll be like... Yeah, this is so, a nice. This is good. How do you? How do you? Can you go in that building? Uh, he'll say something, and I'm yeah. like, "Holy crap! I'm glad this wasn't." I He's wasn't like a little version rude. of you. Yeah, he is kind of funny. He is. But um, so Grand Theft Auto, you're not offended by? I'm it. sure. Th- I don't. I mean, know. it's not. I haven't seen it all. Well, you've seen me play all the other ones, right? Uh, I equate them to they're like movies, like The Sopranos or a TV show. Or yeah, they're like a crime movie. But in a game It's form. adult entertainment, I understand Yeah, it's Not adult entertainment like, ooh, triple X. I mean, adult entertainment well, as in it's got themes, language, activities, all of these things that happen in the real world. Violence and prejudice and 
prostitution and drug dealing and smuggling and all that kind of stuff, fair enough. But when I'm sitting in a chair watching a movie, I'm not, I'm not moving that action. When you're sitting with that controller in your hand, it's you. And whether you do it or not, other people it's that, do. It's actually their- interesting, just let me say it. When I play Grand Theft Auto, I don't know if I play it differently to other people. But I try to stay in the boundaries of, like, I only kill people and stuff if I have to. I don't decide I'm going to steal a car and see how many people I can run over. I never actually do that. If you see me driving around on those games, I try and drive around. You're pretty ginger about it, yeah. Yeah, I actually try and follow the rules of the world. Like, I don't decide... The kick for me isn't I can go apeshit and kill everybody. If I'll have to do that during missions, obviously. I won't have to kill everybody, but I might have to kill certain people. Yeah. Now, th- those I'll do, because they're usually part of the story, but I'm not the kind to, like, go, how many people are going to run over? Like, yeah! And some people, yes! In kill fact, them all! Kill in them fact, all. yeah, that, what you're saying there, the one time ever I met... A friend Your of mine. friend. Yeah. He came, and I showed him Grand Theft Auto, and he wanted to kill a prostitute and then stand on her head and watch the blood and he actually kind of got a kick out of it. Yeah. and it was a bit uncomfortable for me as well so I can understand where people do it's the type of person who plays yeah and you're doing it you're not yeah. just watching it so there is a difference See, I don't get a kick out of the right killing. but I mean anybody who wants to be the you know advocate for oh video games are are just like movies and we shouldn't censor them at all I disagree completely it is a different form of entertainment that can have a level of a adultness and adultness, if that's a word. But you have to acknowledge that it's different. Well, I'm just. This game comes out on Tuesday. There's going to be a total shitstorm of controversy all week on the on the in the sure. newspapers and on TV. I guarantee you. No, I think this one more than, from what I know, this one more than any of the others. Uh, one of the reasons being uh, drunk driving is yeah, and that that the thing is they're they're going to be people talking heads, little soccer looking moms, and and they people will. who have go to church every Sunday and are total hypocrites about other things as well, Moral saying that majority they're going to get up on these shows and say how of course children are going to get these, and of course older brothers and sisters are going to buy them for their younger brothers and sisters. All the things they always say, right? Well, by them, excuse me, <laughs> by them saying it. Over and over and over they, and over. They're going to say it on Good Morning America. They're going to say it on Today Show. They're going to say it on every local news story that's in any large municipality where they have stores that have big lines. That just exposes it more. So it's like this it weird is. thing. Like, if you just shut up and let the people like you who want to play it, play it. Yeah, and don't... Rockstar wouldn't make a bazillion dollars. Do you know what I mean? Well, they would, and, and then they would go on to make the next one, and people... True. But... It's definitely all the good publicity which has come out today when the reviews were published. It mostly gets 10 out of 10 everywhere. That's about the last of the good publicity you're going to wear. It's going to move on to bad. And I would estimate, like, there'll be stories about the launch with some bad connotations to them. So we'll see. We'll be able to talk about it next week. Um, Oh, but I'll be forced to play a game on my DS that I'll have to talk about. And I have to talk about GTA. Yes. Okay, so we're going to leave now. Uh, the uh, okay, web- bye. 
Okay, see ya. Bye. <laughs> the website's uh, sidtalk.com, ascully.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes Mute. Is it iTunes Music Store? Yes, it is. I don't know. And the Zoom Marketplace. Or you can use our RSS feed to subscribe with any other podcatcher. Mine I like doesn't to show use... up on Zoom yet, but that's okay. No. I like to use Juice. Uh, there's plenty of podcatchers out there, though. Um, you can feedback at aceglee.com. And you can listen to the show directly from aceglee.com's page. Just click on podcast at the top. Anything else you'd like to say? Think for yourself, because if you don't, someone else will do it for you. And I'd like to say, stay classy if you've only got one eye. <laughs> oh my god. I'm so embarrassed by that. <laughs>